Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. One of the best parts about getting to do these podcasts here at Cracked Records is we have the opportunity to speak to so many incredible people who are doing so many amazing things throughout the professional tennis world. Now, sometimes that's players, sometimes that's coaches, but of course, sometimes it's members of the tennis community who are doing things to help broaden that community, but also to help bring us all together, to help us, you know, make it that much easier, I should say, to help facilitate our interest in tennis for us to get involved in the game, involved in our local tennis communities. And we have a guest on today's podcast who is doing just that. Now, many of you have probably already heard of Play Your Court. You've seen their advertisements on YouTube or many different other locations. But Scott Baxter, our guest today, and Play Your Court doing exactly that. They are trying to help make it that much easier for aspiring tennis players to get involved in the game, to get that much better, to get connected with local hitting partners and local coaches who can help them, again, facilitate their love and improve at their sport. And so, uh, you know, it is so exciting to get the chance to talk with Scott on today's show, talk a little bit, obviously, about his background with the sport, but allowed him to explain how Play Your Court really is making it that much easier for all of us in the tennis community to get connected. Really looking forward to all of you listeners hearing today's conversation, but of course, I have to remind all of you before we can get into it, the people who help us facilitate all of these conversations here at Cracked Rackets, who help make everything we do possible, our friends over at Midwest Sports and Aerobar, who help us live by a simple model. You want to look good. You want to feel good on court so that when you get out there, you're going to play good. And of course, you go to MidwestSports.com. You're going to find all of the best brands in the business, all of the best deals. You use our promo code CR15 at checkout. Not only will you get 15% off your order, not only will you get free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75, but best of all, you'll get a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls so that you can go out on court, start playing right away, of course, if you have any questions this staff at Midwest Sports. Happy to help you find the gear that, again, will best help accentuate the features of your game. So go to MidwestSports.com. Use the promo code CR15 to let them know we sent you there. Of course, that'll have you looking good to feel good. Turn to our friends at Aerobar, who are providing the only tennis-specific energy bar in the business. More potassium than a banana. Delicious cinnamon, honey, oat, and chocolate chip flavor. And, of course, it comes with a podcast. Our Getting to the Point episodes where our last guest game James Blake uh, was certainly a conversation we enjoyed and I hope all of you listeners did as well the way you can support our friends at Aerobar go to aerobar.com use that promo code cracked 15 with that in mind let's get to our conversation with one of the founders of play your court Scott Baxter Joining us on the podcast today, he spent his time playing college tennis at the University of Maryland. He went on to become a teaching pro and also the founder of Play Your Court. So thrilled to be joined today by Scott Baxter. Scott, welcome to the show. How are you holding up today? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. 
always a pleasure. And I have to say, looking through Play Your Court, learning more about it, I am so intrigued to share this with our listeners so that they can learn a little bit more because uh, I think for all of us, we know how difficult it is when you move. I'm just going to start with a little anecdote. Welcome to the show, by the way. You're, you're Welcome to the monologues. This will be the first of many, but a little anecdote for our <laughs> listeners. You know, I recently moved to Indianapolis, and I'm fortunate enough that, you know, I, I seem to just gravitate towards tennis. It's easy for me to find, but so many different times you hear from other people who you grew up playing with and you're just like yeah I haven't hit in months because I have no one to hit with and obviously play your court is a solution to that so let's get right into it give me the origin stories of play your court yeah for sure so grew up playing tennis um despite being 6'3 210 pounds and in pretty (laughs) decent shape now uh growing up I was 6'3 135 pounds with a bowl cut and acne. So uh, tennis and sports was sort of the only cool thing I had because girls were, were not very interested. So <laughs> um, so grew up uh, playing tennis, took it pretty seriously, was really competitive with it. It played a huge role in my personal development. So went on to play University of Maryland College Tennis um, and graduated in 2006 because I'm old. <laughs> and yeah, man, I, t- I took a job as a tennis coach. I had a degree in marketing, uh, which in 2006 was about as useful as a poo-poo flavored lollipop. So, <laughs> so I uh, had been teaching tennis at a club in Bethesda, Maryland called Georgetown Prep Tennis Club. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've been doing that off and on throughout college. Really, really liked it. So I, I got a full-time job offer there, decided to take it. I remember calling my parents and just being like, hey, I'm sorry, I'm going to be a tennis coach. And they were like, what, what do you mean you're sorry? Like, we probably spent way more money on your tennis than we have on your education. <laughs> Makes total sense. But no, they, they were super supportive. Um, I've always loved the sport. I've always loved coaching. So took a job at Georgetown Prep Tennis Club, transitioned over to Chevy Chase Country Club, which is one of the very expensive clubs in the D.C. metropolitan area. Uh, my second client was Alan Greenspan, to put it in context. So just, <laughs> you know, big names, lots of money. Um, and I just kind of quickly realized, man, like, you have got to be a bazillionaire if you live anywhere near DC to take tennis lessons. There, there weren't a lot of good options. I had people coming into the club, you know, that are members every day saying I've got friends that would love to take up the sport of tennis, but obviously they can't afford, you know, the hundred thousand dollar initiation <laughs> fee here. Um, and I, as a tennis coach was like, man, I'm young. I'd love to be teaching more hours than what I get just here at the club. So I put two and two together and launched the first version of play your court back in 2009 and it's funny, man, it started out as just me and three other tennis coaches. I still remember um, I still remember throwing pizza parties in my Rockville, Maryland apartment for me and, <laughs> and the first couple tennis coaches. But, yeah, it started as a D.C.-based business. Uh, you know, fast forward to today, we're the biggest tennis lesson provider in the world. We've got over 2,000 tennis coaches in the U.S. that will travel to any court of your choice and, and give you high-level instruction. So. Yeah, can I just so say two story. plus two? Yeah, no, two plus two, very good math on your part, I have to say. And obviously, <laughs> you know, uh, I, something I just want to get back to that you mentioned early on, because I have noticed this. I'm curious if you feel the same way. If you spend your life around enough tennis people, and that doesn't mean you're going tournament to tournament weekend after weekend. That doesn't mean your homeschooling and tennis becomes the biggest thing in your life. But if you grew up training at your local club, if you grew up just in the tennis community, tennis players speak 
speak their own language, right? Like I have to say, you're barking up the right alley. Very into tennis. Girls not that into tennis. Doesn't end up good in terms of the equation there. I feel that. I've been there. Probably still there right now. That it's COVID-19 doesn't help things. But obviously, uh, I've just always noticed... I feel like tennis players, we really do speak our own language, right? There's this culture where you will be more comfortable approaching a stranger at a tennis club than you will maybe approaching a stranger at a bar is the obvious answer, but just anywhere in life because you're like, hey, we have this tennis thing in common, so I know we're going to be able to find something to relate to. Is that something you've experienced as well? Because I feel like player court is just an app to facilitate that. For sure. I mean, it's an instant conversation point. And a lot of people, mm-hmm. man, like, not to sound cheesy, but the number one reason people quit tennis because they don't have somebody to play with. So mm-hmm. if you look at sort of how player court was, it originally started as just this lesson business. So all these people, um, you know, hey, I can't afford the local country club, or maybe I don't live near a public tennis club. That's that's a huge problem, too. Maybe you're 45 minutes away from somewhere mm-hmm. where you could get tennis lessons, but there's a tennis court right down the street. So it started as this lesson business. And what happened is over the course of a handful of years, people just kept asking us, hey, I love the lesson service, but I can't afford a country club, which is why I use it in the first place. So how am I supposed to meet other people to play with? You know, I'm getting these lessons, I'm getting good. uh, Now what? So, you know, we get asked the question one too many times where we said we should probably solve that problem. (laughs) Um, So we built the beta version of what is now our player court membership back in 2017. And the idea there is just, Hey, for $6 a month, um, I guess in 2017, it was only $4 a month, but you know, inflation and <laughs> me wanting to make more money and being no, evil again, and whatnot. Good math. Yeah. Good math. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, for $6 a month now, the idea is we give you everything you need to play the sport of tennis. Not everybody grows up rich and everybody afford a country club not everybody can even afford lessons through a platform like ours so what nate and i who's the other gentleman who's always on camera with me wanted to do is just build this ecosystem where no matter how much money you have most people that own a tennis racket can afford six dollars a month so the idea was six dollars a month will give you other people at your same skill level if you're brand new to the sport no problem we'll introduce you to other beginners we'll even give you video instruction that that shows you exactly what to do when you get out there so that's the vision you know for six dollars a month anything and everything you need to play tennis if you want to take it to the next level and you've got a little bit of money to spare tennis lessons is obviously something that we offer as well so that's kind of what we got going on no absolutely and i want to get into more of the player court services as we go on but again to to stick on this point you you know something we talk about repeatedly here at Cracked Rackets, something I think all tennis fans are obviously well aware of, is what differentiates tennis from a team sport like basketball, football, baseball, soccer, what differentiates it. And you can play basketball one-on-one. You can go work on your shot, I suppose, but that's not the most fun form of the sport. And even with golf, where you're out there on your own, I suppose you can go work on your swing. But what's so great about tennis is you literally just need two rackets, a can of balls, and find a local tennis court, and you can go out and play I'm just curious in your experience because, again, you you talked about this a little bit. So people, you know, most people when they go out and play, if they're going to enjoy themselves, do you find them a, you know, is that is that how most of these people come to player courts? They've played recreation. They're like, you know what? I would like to be a little bit better at this. What's a feasible way for me to improve my skills? Yeah, it's a nice mix. You know, a lot of people are already involved in a tennis scene. Like what's really ironic is I remember when I was working at Chevy Chase Country Club in D.C. and I launched the lessons business. Some of my first customers were actually members of that country club 
that couldn't get lessons at the time that they wanted through their hundred thousand dollar a year country club. <laughs> that that was what was always crazy to me. And then and then the, the the meeting other players, absolutely, it's just it's just walks from everywhere. We get everybody from you know country club players that aren't getting enough practice where they are to somebody who you know can't afford a tennis lesson and just wants to be out on the tennis court to somebody who played competitively in high school. And, you know, life got in the way, and now 20 years later, they're coming back to the game and just looking to meet new players. Your example, somebody moves to a new area, they're just looking to meet new people. I mean, like you said, tennis is one of the easiest social ways to connect with somebody. You have sort of an, an instant uh, an instant connection through the sport. So, so yeah, it's a lot, of, a lot of different types of people, a lot of different socioeconomic backgrounds, but the one unifier is definitely tennis. Yeah, and it, it's funny you mentioned, uh, again, we talked about it as a social connector. I was on a social media app, we'll say, or a dating, social media dating app, whatever, and uh, you're welcome, Mom, for this story because I know <laughs> she's listening. But uh, this girl was very much into tennis. And, you know, I can't say right away, oh, that's great because you know, nothing turns a girl on like when you say, actually, I host a couple of tennis shows for a living. You know, then they'll be like, oh, let's go on this date immediately. But I was like, oh, she's into tennis. That's an absolutely alike. And I was letting her, you know, kind of bait me into talking about tennis. I was like, oh, this is delightful. Like the first date might actually be let's go hit and then I'm definitely going to shine. Um, but anyways, uh, beyond that, again, like I said, the first of many monologues. Um, but to uh, get back to play your court, because, again, the sort of coaching that's available, the sort of connections, can you talk uh, more about what players and what people can expect to find when they turn to play your court? Yeah, most definitely. And we built this as a full-blown ecosystem. So competitors out there that are listening, go ahead and copy this. This is the steps to build, a, to build, <laughs> to build your own play your court. So – the idea that we had is, look, step one is understand where you live inside of the ecosystem. So when you sign up for the platform, we're going to bring you through a little questionnaire, kind of like a self-assessment, and we're going to give you a player court rating. So you understand, okay, my number is a 72, or you know, here's where I am inside of this ecosystem. Then we're going to pair you up with other players at your same skill level so that you guys can practice. And a lot of people stop right there. They say, hold on, I'm terrified. I have no idea what to do when I get out there. I already told you I can't afford lessons. And we say, well, we got you covered. Go to the video portal, and we're going to show you exactly what you should be working on. And they're not just generic YouTube videos, which we do produce, by the way, but they're, they're specific towards your skill level. Obviously, if you've played tennis for 20 years, you need different advice on your forehand than you do if you just – picked up a tennis racket for the first time ever. So step one, know where you are in the ecosystem. Step two, pair up with other players in the ecosystem. Step three, use the video coaching that we have for your very specific skill level to know what to do when you're out there on the practice court. And then step four, you know, play a match against a fellow community member, see if any of this stuff, see if any of this stuff stuck. And if it did, you'll see your rating adjust and then you'll rinse and repeat once your rating changes. They'll go right back to the same process. We'll keep pairing you with people at your new rating level. The instruction will change now that you've gotten better. So the idea is just not only a platform that helps you meet other players, but a platform that actually sort of holds your hand and walks you through how to get better at tennis. Mm -hmm. And I'm really glad that you say different levels of instruction because I think – if you play tennis or you were, if you, you know, played it seriously, you know, there are good coaches and there are bad coaches. And I'm not going to, you know, that's not to demonize anyone who's coaching tennis because do your thing, obviously, to help grow the sport. Anyone who's doing that, that's a good thing. Um, but 
you know, when you talk about the different sorts of coaching you can receive when you get into the video portal, and by the way, beautifully produced, I might add, um, what are the sorts of types of coaching? You know, what do you mean by that even at a granular level? Yes. So, and I can cover it on two sides of the business because this is a huge issue when you're going to select a coach for in-person lessons too, right? Mm -hmm. Like you don't want the same person necessarily training your three-year-old daughter as you do your division one college aspiring athlete. Um, But yeah, the instruction inside of the platform. So Nate and I have been USPTA certified coaches for a while, um, taught at a bunch of different clubs before we ran player court full time. So we just kind of know the progressions that you're going to run through to get from a beginner all the way up to a division one athlete. So based on your rating inside of our platform, you're just going to see the instruction change. Like if, if you're a beginner, you're going to, you're going to learn how to hit a forehand without a loop. You're going to learn the the basics of a semi-Western forehand grip. Whereas if you're a, you know, a three, five NTRP equivalent looking to get up to a four Oh, maybe it's time to start talking about, you know, the, the modern forehand or the next gen forehand or the loop or, you know, how to add more spin or how to hit a heavier forehand. So the instruction just changes based on um, just based on your skill level. We're not going to give high level instruction to a beginner. We're going to give them what they need to run through the progressions to keep getting their game better. Mm-hmm. No, completely. I, I'm sure another piece of advice you would also give is, uh, you know, raising more money than needed in the moment, right? Uh, or at least that's what you told Business Collective, uh, you know, when referring to business. Again, I'm reading all of the interviews here. I've just got to get through all of my information <laughs> of about course. you, uh, Scott. But no, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Again, it's it's the little things, right? Like, hey, you know, there is a productive thing as a 30-minute session of cross-court forehands. And you're going to be doing the same thing, and it's very monotonous, but it's going to help. Just that repetition. Tennis is a game. It's the Gladwell theory, right? 10,000 reps, you're going to be pretty decent at it. For sure, for sure. And then for us, and this is again cheesy, but Nate and I always say practice doesn't make perfect. <laughs> perfect practice makes perfect. If you go out there, and any coach that's spent any time in the industry will attest to this, my favorite client to teach is an adult who's never played tennis before because they've got the clean slate of a three-year-old, but they've got the processing and brain power of an adult. So <laughs> some, of, some of the worst things you can do if you're trying to improve your tennis game is to go out there and just reinforce bad habits over and over and over again. It just makes it that much harder to undo them as a coach when you finally come see us. So, Yeah, no, the counterpoint would be they have the physical limitations of an adult though, right? You're like, when you're a kid, they can do anything. You're like, do that backhand again. Yeah, that one. Yeah, exactly. Swing even harder. Oh my God, he can swing harder. Um, (laughs) Yeah, like a (laughs) 16-year-old who's never even heard of a tennis racket before would be like the ideal client, right? Uh... LeBron James won two Giannis Giannis won. Sorry, LeBron, you're a little bit old. Put a tennis racket in Giannis's hands right now. I will have him as a champion by age thirty. I promise you. I'll be like, oh, we, we are going should, to just we should go into that whole debate. Anytime somebody asks me why American tennis is struggling, I'm like, well, it's because you can't convince Tom Brady or LeBron James to pick up tennis racket. No, absolutely, right? It's the fact that the best athletes in the country, not to say, by the way, that guys like, you know, a Tommy Paul or a Francis Tiafo or honestly, pound for pound, a Riley Opelka, those guys are exceptional athletes. Like, they they are top-tier athletes. I, I think they could, you know, whether it's track, whether it's for Riley, the obvious one, as a seven-footer in basketball, but I have 
heard from you know coaches who have heard from basketball players who are like yeah this guy's got legit seven foot feet and you can see that and so yeah some of these athletes are ridiculous anyways this is a tangent for a different time I'm <laughs> sure um but you know to transition I suppose from that to play your look uh to play your court let's say you are someone and you sort of referred to this earlier that continues to get better and better uh and maybe you're looking for uh, a league or maybe you're looking for groups that you can play with all of that can be found on play your court correct Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, the the big piece here is, again, just giving you everything you need to play tennis. There's even a deals and discounts section there. So as you start playing, we've got a really nice partnership with Wilson Sporting Goods. You get hooked up with, you know, insider pricing and all this stuff you're going to have to go buy anyway. So the idea is literally anything you could need to play more tennis or improve your game. We've got you covered inside that platform. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's six dollars a month to become a member. Yep, five ninety nine a month, and annual is only forty nine ninety nine a year. Uh, our price is going up in two thousand twenty one too. Not to not to tease the audience with with fantastic <laughs> pricing, but our price goes up as our platform gets better. Again, we started the platform at four ninety nine a month, um, and you know we we lift the prices as the platform gets better. But you're always grandfathered in at whatever price you sign up with, so. Mm-hmm. No, I'm doing some quick math in my head now. That seems to be a theme here. 12 times 5, uh, obviously that's 60. 12 times, you know, 49.99, a little bit less than that. So save a little bit of money. Or 12 times 6, that's 72. You're saving even more money. Just go all yeah. year from the start. And I honestly, wanted to you... be able to tell all my friends you can get a year of tennis for less than my average bar tab. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's why you turn to the video instruction, right? You're like, what sort of fitness can I do to get over this hangover? <laughs> You're like, oh, it's 30 right. minutes cross-court forehand? That's perfect. Of course, exactly. also throw in. They use the code PLUS50, right? They'll get 50% off play court plus right now. That's your Thanksgiving deal. You've got five days less, folks. Go take advantage of that <laughs> offer now. Um, thought we'd work that in, of course. Oh, but like yeah, it. I mean, just in general, you, again, more uh, broadly for play your court, it is for all level of players, right? Whether you're someone who plays played in college and now you're just looking to get back into the game whether as you mentioned you're a beginner uh whether uh, regardless of level you can find something for you at player court yes absolutely no matter what your skill level is now if you're like Federer I would suggest (laughs) stay on the ATP tour but yeah I mean really anybody there's plenty of division one former division one college athletes on the platform there's plenty of beginners um as is always the case in the tennis industry that sort of mid-level recreational player, like a USTA 3.0 to 3.5 equivalent, that's going to make up the bulk of our community just because that makes up the bulk of tennis players in general. But yeah, we've got a little something for everybody. Mm-hmm. Now, I would argue if Roger Federer is using Play Your Court, hey, Roger, call, and uh, we'll work out some sort of sponsorship. Yeah, it would be right? fantastic. Ro- Roger, if you're listening, if you can yeah. just give me, give me a call, 757 now. Yeah, no, our fans know he's a longtime listener, so it it makes sense that uh, he would be listening to this interview specifically. But uh, just, again, a couple of more uh, questions. In terms of the level of coaching, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, but you mentioned, I think it says on the website, these coaches have to be of coaching for at least five years. They have to meet other criteria as well. Let's say you are looking for an elite level coach, someone to get you to playing college tennis, and you're not just a beginner. Or again, maybe you're someone who's looking for someone who specializes in working with three, four, five, six-year-olds who are just getting into the game. You know, what sorts of coaches in, you know, the 2,000-plus coaches can uh, people who use player court find? 
Yeah, so this is, I think, sort of our secret to success on the lesson side of the business. The real answer is we've just been doing this 11 years and we've weeded out all the bad <laughs> eggs, right? So yeah, like sure. when, when Uber first started, there was probably a lot of creepy dudes driving cars around for them, I'm sure, mm -hmm. right? Like you've got to get the rating system and you've got to figure out um, who's doing a great job, who's not. So you fast forward 11 years, these coaches are all battle tested. So I've got review system very similar to like an Uber or a Yelp that just shows us internally and helps us improve our algorithm. Hey, this coach is amazing with kids. Hey, this coach is amazing with high performance, you know, aspiring college tennis players. Hey, this coach is really patient and is great with adult beginners. So we've just got so much feedback from users over the years that we've been able to build out our algorithm in such a way that when you run through this questionnaire and you tell us exactly what you're looking for, it spits out a coach that's not just good, but actually good for your specific situation. So much so that we have reviews, you know, of years of instruction from clients in your exact same situation. So it's like, hey, if you want to book the coach that worked with students just like you and everybody gave them five stars, that that's sort of the geniusness of, of the platform, I guess. Geniusness, that's the dumbest thing anybody's ever seen. I <laughs> know. Look, again, as a Wolverine, it's what I expect from a Terrapin. Um, but no, just <laughs> kidding. Uh, sorry, sorry, just kidding. I swear, University of Maryland fans, stick with us, I promise. Uh, we are fans <laughs> of all schools here. I just had a brain blast, though, so I'm going to have our super producer throw in the breaking news sound effect because I think I'm correct. Uh, so obviously, uh, my YouTube formula, whatever algorithm, knows that I am a tennis fan. You're the face, correct me if I'm wrong, of who's just swinging the racket aimlessly in that commercial while it's like the ball is flying. <laughs> That's you, right? Yeah, it's me, me and Nate. Oh this my god! <laughs> so, so, so when they're filming that and they're like just just swing on the forehand, like g uh, give me the play by play how that day went down. A lot of outtakes. It was like a. <laughs> It was like a 65-hour film shoot. No, it, it took uh, it took a lot of takes to get that shoot just right. That's for sure. I mean, because I've seen that forehand swing so many times, and you're just looking, and it's just swinging freely. I'm like, who is this guy? But you're that guy. I am that guy, and so is Nate. Nate, who is, uh, really should probably be on here with me. He, we, he's come on more recently. He's a good buddy of mine. I always fought, and shout-out to Ian Westerman at Essential Tennis here for this guidance. I fought tooth and nail. I didn't want to be on YouTube. I wanted to quietly build a big tennis community from my basement. I didn't want any interaction with society. I just wanted to kind of chill and build this cool thing. And Ian was like, you got to create some content, man. It's like such an obvious play here to rope in the online instruction piece here with what you're doing. And I said, yeah, I just don't really want to do it. And I even filmed a couple of videos when I was solo. And then Nate, who's been a good buddy of mine for a while, um, I invited him to come on one video and the chemistry was just hilarious. It was just like we were hanging out, you know, at a bar ripping on each other and we took that same persona to YouTube and all of a sudden it made it fun. And so then all of a sudden, you know, him and I are, are in ridiculous commercials like that and, and building a huge YouTube channel and apparently some people, not all for sure, but seem to enjoy our instruction. So we're going to try and keep it going. No, put me on the list of people who enjoy it. And again, obviously, things are working when you're over 18,000 followers on Instagram, when you have the YouTube. So again, when I am, when someone's coming to a realization mid-interview that they have seen your face on a commercial of many a different times, things got, <laughs> they have to be going right. Like, that's a good – again, the difference is if you walk into the hinge date and you're like, hey, this is my commercial, that's me, that's way cooler than being like, well, the show you're going to see after this commercial, that's me. Um, and so I think you're winning this side 
side of the equation, but obviously uh, that's pretty awesome. And you talked about this a little bit earlier. Again, uh, you played college tennis at uh, University of Maryland tennis, being a part of your life uh, for as long as you know you as long as you can remember. Um, what is it about you know the game of tennis that kept drawing you back in? Why have you continued to pursue it as your passion? Yeah, so you're going to love this answer. Uh, I was pretty, <laughs> I was decently athletic growing up, played a ton of team sports, played lacrosse, which is huge here in Virginia where I grew up, Of course, played basketball. Um, but I, to be completely honest with you, was sick of all my teammates always losing games for me. Like that was, I, that was honestly where I was. Like I remember in seventh grade, I was really good at lacrosse. I was really good at tennis. And they were both in the same season at high school. And my parents were like, so what are you going to do? And I was like, I think I'm going to do this thing that I have like full control over the outcome of. Like, selfishly, if I lose, it's because I didn't work hard enough. And if I win, it's it's all on me. I get all of the praise. And as a 6'3", 135-pound kid with a <laughs> bowl cut and buck teeth and acne, that's a big deal, right? Like, so, <laughs> so, yeah, I always liked uh, – all jokes aside, I, I did always like – the the mental warfare of the sport the idea that it's just you out there i know they say what is it that swimmers golfers and tennis players are crazy because we spend so much time in our own heads but i always liked that aspect of it i liked sort of being on the battleground by yourself and having to figure it out without any help i always thought that was one of the, the coolest parts about tennis no, absolutely. It's on your own merit, right? And it's the fact that you will be as good as as with as much work as you are willing to put in. And so uh, I completely agree with you there. All right, a couple of rapid fire questions down the home stretch, more rapid than that. I just have a couple of them left. Take as long as you'd like with your answers. Uh, this one is going to be of a true or false variety. Is it true growing up your nickname was Scotty B? <laughs> it is true. It is true. That is just a straight Scotty B? Straight Scotty B. As an Alexander Scott Gruskin, if people wanted to call me Scotty G, I wouldn't hate it. It's not like anyone calls yeah. me Alex. So I'll I don't dislike it. it. My middle name is also Edward, so I am t- <laughs> also Scott E. B. So truly uh, Scotty B. That sounds like a Twitter handle right there, at Scott E. B. <laughs> I think that'll work right. for you. All right, again, I'm going to list these three things. You tell me which you're uh, best to worst at. Surfing, playing drums, sleeping. Whew. Pretty, pretty well. Actually, since I started a startup, I guess sleeping is last in the last decade. <laughs> so we'll go, we'll go sleeping last. Uh, yeah, fun fact, man. I played drums in a band that played at some pretty, uh, pretty legitimate venues all throughout college, uh, and was also a surf instructor for a couple summers. So I guess I'll go. I'm best at drums, then surfing, and then sleeping. I probably like sleeping the most. I just don't do it very often with a two year old in a business. Yeah, I feel like your surf to sleep ratio is probably one to one at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty close. <laughs> yeah, something like that. That's awesome. Well, then, uh, I suppose a more serious question here. Again, you played at the University of Maryland. Unfortunately, uh, there is no longer a University of Maryland men's tennis team. And RIP. Uh, yeah, of course. And, you know, obviously that is a theme we have seen pick up here this past summer, so much of that due to the financial implications of COVID. But just in general, uh, college tennis we talk, is something we talk about a lot here at Crack Records. What did your college tennis uh, experience mean to you in terms of, again, just forming the passions you pursued in your life? Yeah, so I'll tell you, this is going to be a 180 for an answer. So I only played one year of college tennis in Maryland, and then I decided to not play anymore. Um, and this is not the answer you were at all expecting, I'm sure. But so I I, um, I think I really thought I had a chance of turning pro until I got to my very first day of college practice. Like I was top 100 in the country 
screen. I know it wasn't there yet, but I thought, you know what, I've got a pretty good workout. Pick this up a little bit later than a lot of kids. Maybe, just maybe, if I grind at this sport, you know, for a couple of years in college, maybe there's a small chance. And I got out there the first day, and I met my six six doubles partner from Trinidad, and I met a gentleman from Spain, and I realized, oh God, there's all these <laughs> other countries out there that are way better at this than we are. And so I I, I liked playing tennis my freshman year, um, but I did kind of realize very quickly. Um, entrepreneurship is something I was even more excited about than tennis. So I started trying to make as much money as I could, trying to figure out, you know, what what my first business was going to be. And uh, I did gain 45 pounds of pure muscle my freshman year of college. <laughs> and I cut the bowl cut and I lost the acne. So there were more fun things to do also in college than just play tennis. <laughs> so, yeah, College uh, Park is a beautiful place. Yeah, but I, I will tell you, man, like just tennis from every single step of my life, like even when I walked away from I was still playing recreationally and actually having a lot more fun um, without the pressure of D1 college tennis. But, you know, not a lot of players talk about that, but being on a Division One college tennis team, I mean, it is it is a stressful situation. You're particularly at Maryland. We shared the gym with the football team and shocker, uh, they got priority as to when they wanted to work out in that gym. So, you know, we were we were looking at three a day workouts at 645 in the morning. You know, you've got practice, you're trying to balance all this with whatever you've got going on socially, and then your course load, like it's a lot. So I played my freshman year and just sort of decided, hey, this is not something I'm going to turn pro at. Uh, I should probably start figuring out what I'm going to do with my life. And, and ironically, it came right back to tennis, I guess. Yeah, no, I mean, the reason I like that answer a lot is because I think something you probably learned from college tennis is that, yeah, you needed to pursue something outside of just being on the tennis court. And even that in that in of itself had to have been a valuable lesson learned for sure yeah i mean and, and just I'll, I'll say that throughout my childhood i think tennis is responsible for my ability to manage time i mean if you mm-hmm. if you're grinding as hard as you need to to try and obtain a division one college scholarship you're balancing and juggling a lot of balls right so mm-hmm. i think if anything tennis has taught me hard work ethic it's taught me time management i sound like a damn poster at this point for tennis but <laughs> No, that's good. That's what we want here. Don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> no, that's not what we want. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, that it is so awesome. And again, I, I think so many players out there, as we talked about at the top, they're looking for ways to stay involved in the tennis community, even when they're done with their own playing days as a junior, whether it's as an adult, just joining your local community, whether it's, you know, finding something to do, particularly as we all learned these past five months, one of the only things we could do was go and play tennis with our friends outdoors. And so, uh, certainly, actually, you know, curious question there. Did you notice there was more usage of the app during the five months of quarantine when people, you know, not only can you not go out to a tennis club, but you're just looking for anything to do? Did you notice a trend? I tell you what's funny, man. As a business owner, we saw the worst two weeks in business history because there, I mean, there was a straight up lockdown where you weren't allowed to leave yeah. your house. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people even remember that. We've been through so much crap since then. But yeah, I mean, there was two weeks where I was just like, well, this isn't going to be a thing. I guess we're going out of business. And <laughs> then, you know, then they, I, th- there were, I can't remember which news outlet it was, but some news, glorious news outlet posted a publication that ranked tennis as safe as picking up carryout. And from, I swear, from the day I saw that Ford, we just saw a huge spike. Everybody was interested in lessons. A lot of parents who were trying to get their kids, you know, into physical activities, all of their team sports had been canceled. So really like they had, 
tennis, golf, or, you know, their kids screaming in their house to choose from. <laughs> and, and, you know, tennis and golf won out. I, I think coronavirus has been horrible for all reasons, but I hate to say it. I think it may have actually grown the tennis industry because it just took out a lot of the competition for a couple months. Yeah, no, and of course, as we mentioned, there are no silver linings when something like this happens, but we have all learned that tennis is something you can play in this moment, and uh, yeah, that has been good for the sport of tennis now, whether that's good for the professional game or not, what comes of this years before we can learn any of that information, but... My final question for you, because I've kept you a little longer than I promised, uh, again, for all of our listeners out there who want to learn more about player court, who want to get engaged, who want to set up lessons, find hitting partners, how can they get involved? Yeah, I mean, it's it's all dummy proof on the website and purposely so. <laughs> um, you go right to playercourt.com. We're going to ask you, hey, what are you looking for? Are you looking for lessons? Are you looking for practice and matches? Whichever button you click is going to feed you into – one of the respective questionnaires where we're just going to learn as much as we can about you to pair you up with either the right coach or to get you inside the community with the right players that, that you want to be uh, interacting with. So everything happens right there on the website. We have not launched an app yet, but we are targeting a launch of an app this December. Don't hold me to that because you know how technology and, and development works. But the goal <laughs> hopefully is still within the next few weeks to launch a, uh, a soft version of this and by spring really to have it, you know, where we're directing all the traffic but for right now everything happens on the website so definitely hit playercourt.com yeah absolutely and then playercourt p-l-a-y-y-o-u-r-c-o-u-r-t just to clarify for any of them out there it's beautiful word play as always my last two thoughts a at some point you have to get on the phone with our crack rackets founder dalton thieneman because you two are going to hit it off and then one of you is going to text me two and a half hours later and be like that was awesome uh i just feel <laughs> like it would be a fun synergy between you two but yeah though my second thing would be again thank you for what you guys are doing with player court i know how many people use it to facilitate whether it be hits whether it be lessons and so uh really appreciate you giving us the time to come on and chat the only last request i would make is next time you're going on the commercial just let me direct it i have some ideas some some jokes we could throw in us at the you know you're at your local tennis club you approach someone and you're like hey i'm you know i am x what nice to meet you oh hey because i imagine we'll use fake names because obviously we're too famous to use a real one so it wouldn't be scott and alex and you know you'll be like oh i'm a nice Nine UTR, and I'll be like nine UTR, please. I'm in an eleven, and then you'll be like, man, I just wish I could find fellow nine UTRs to hit with. And then someone comes with, well, have you heard of Play Your Court? And then from there, there's the commercial. There you go. Yeah, we've got some <laughs> other ideas. Be on, be on the lookout. We've got, uh, we've got another one of those bangers in the mix. I think you're, we're going to get a few more laughs out of you guys before it's all said uh, and done for sure. That's that's all I am asking for. Happy to hear it. Well, Scott Baxter, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. I hope you stay and your family stay safe and healthy, and hopefully we'll get the chance to talk to you again soon. Likewise, man. I really enjoyed it. Anytime. Yep. Take care.
hope all of you enjoyed our conversation with Scott Baxter of Play Your Court. I feel like I owe an apology to all the Maryland Terrapins who listen to this podcast. I'm a big fan of University of Maryland. Juan Dixon, Gary Williams, that NCAA basketball team, what was that, 2000-2001? One of my formative teams, one of my first sports memories was watching that team go on to win the NCAA title, beat my beloved J.J. Redick Duke Blue Devils at the time. If that doesn't tell you more about me, I don't know what else will. But anyways, always fun to have the chance to speak with Scott to uh, share and help promote people who really are making the tennis world that much better. Go check out Play Your Court. I promise it will be worth your while. And of course, again, a huge thank you to Scott for taking the time for ch- uh, to chat with us. But of course, we've got so many other cool things going on right now in our Cracked Rackets world. Of course, this 2020 ATP and WTA season wrapping up the last few weeks of play currently going on. If you have missed any of the action, go check out our website, CrackedRackets.com. Go check out our various podcasts. We preview every day's matches on our GSP Ace of the Day show, and we try and make some predictions there as well. We recap all the action on our mini break podcast, of course, season one of the Inside Out podcast. Uh, Still ready to rock, uh, still waiting to be listened to by all of you listeners. I know some of you have already, but I feel like some of you have missed out on what was a really fun first season, the best American male tennis player in any given year. Uh, The belt is what we call this series. I think all of you will very much enjoy season one. So if you haven't already, go check that out. And of course, as always, a huge thank you to all of you listeners, our Patreon family who make uh, these podcasts possible. And of course, our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar. Go to MidwestSports.com. Use the promo code CR15. Go to Aerobar.com. Use the promo code CRACK15 so that you can look good. You can feel good so that when you are out on court, you are going to play good as well. Uh, But with that in mind, for our wonderful uh, guest, Scott Baxter of Play Your Court, our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, who, by the way, as always, have a f- of an editing job to do. And for of all of us here at both Cracked Rackets, our friends, I should say, at Midwest Sports and Aerobar, and all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Westoff, leave it all in. And you've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we will talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone.